Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for bringing us here. Help the Holy Spirit to pass through me to tell your word. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. Okay, so um, have you ever had a really good day? Raise your hand if you had a really, really good day. Okay. So, like, you know how your good day starts. You have a great breakfast. You probably get paid that day. You pay your bills, and then you have time to go shopping. You go home. You have a great devotional time. And then you just, it's, it was a really good day. So, um, that's how the rich young ruler was. Um, the rich young ruler, and like Luke 18, verse 18 to 23, if you can turn with me there, Luke 18, verse 18 to th- 23, you have the rich young ruler, and he was, a re- he was really wealthy. He had a lot of money. And so, he heard about Jesus, and he heard about how he had a lot of love for his children, and how even though they were sinners, he, was, he still loved them. So he heard that he was passing through town one day, and so he wanted to ask him how could he inherit internal life. So in verse 18, rich ruler asked Jesus, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. And you have to... You have to know the commandments and obey them. And so the rich young ruler said, yeah, I already know that since I was a little boy. I already did that already. And so he said, you lack one thing, and that is to sell all your things and give to the poor. And so, and then you will have treasure in heaven. And so the rich young ruler was really, like, sad because he saw that he could not let go of his possessions because his, he put his possessions higher than his love for God. Um, and so we're going to switch to Zacchaeus, which is Luke 19. Okay, so Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy as well. So he heard that Jesus was passing through Jericho, and um, he wanted to like talk to Jesus or to at least see him because Zacchaeus was a very short man, so he could not see through the crowd or see Jesus at all. So what he did was he ran ahead of the crowd and climbed the sycamore tree. And so when Jesus arrived at the sycamore tree, he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. And then he tells Zacchaeus, come down for I'll go to your house today. And so the crowd, he didn't, the crowd didn't like appreciate that because he was a sinner. He would cheat people out, take their money or whatever. So he decided to, um, that's when Zacchaeus says, that's when Zacchaeus says, I will, I will give half my things to the poor, and I'll pay the people that I cheated out four times as much. And so that's when Jesus said, salvation will go to your house. So you have Zacchaeus and the rich young ruler. Zacchaeus, his perspective changed when he realized how much Jesus, even though what he did, he still had mercy on him and wanted salvation to go to his house. And then you have rich young ruler who did not... I cannot say. The rich young ruler, he didn't change his perspective. He still saw his possessions that filled him up. And so we tend to do that. We tend to put possessions higher than, um, higher than God. For instance, I have a personal story. Oh, uh, well, I went to Georgia for winter break. And the day before I, it was time for me to come back, I was washing my hands in the bathroom. And then um, my grandma called me. And then I swiped, and my phone swiped into the toilet. 
Yeah, it was really sad. So, like, I got a hanger and, like, took it out, and then I cleaned it with bleach, you know, because I'm not going to put a toilet, like, I'm not going to put a phone that's in the toilet on my face. Like, no, that's not happening. So, um, then after that, it was working perfectly fine, so I didn't feel a need to put it in rice, and also it was time for me to pack and this and that. So, I put it in the charger, and I went to bed. The next day, when I woke up, the phone was completely just not working at all. It was on and off, so it was like shutting on and off, back and forth. So what I did was I wrote all my important numbers down because I could predict that it was going to close completely off. So I get to the airport. My phone does shut off, of course. So I get to the airport, and then I get back home to Michigan, and everything was... I, I felt really sad because I did not have my phone because I te- we tend, Gen Z, of course, tend to go on social media, YouTube as soon as to um, fill, our, fill us up, you know, to feel satisfied. So I was really sad, but later on my relationship with God grew because I didn't have nothing to look on. So what I'm asking you to do is try to put your possessions away for a sec and try to have a relationship with God because my relationship with God was really on the ground because I tend to put, I put my possessions higher than him. So I ask you, may you put your possessions away and have a relationship with God for he will renew your life and he will do everything that you need him to do. Amen. Let's start off with a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing us here safely. Please speak through me as I deliver your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. October 22, 1844. That was the date Jesus was supposed to come. People have gathered together waiting anxiously for Christ's return. People have quit their jobs, sold their houses, burned their money, sold all their possessions. Jesus was coming, so what was the point of keeping all these stuff? People were sick and dying. They didn't take them to the hospital. The healer was going to show up any minute. And then, Jesus does not come. They were crushed and angry. They were so convinced that Jesus was going to show up on that day. But when Jesus does not show up, they feel like they've been tricked to and lied to. For them, all hope was gone. Mary and Martha felt the same way. In John 11, Lazarus was sick. It had started off as a cold, something simple with just a little rest and he would be better. But it didn't. He got worse, throwing up, extremely high fevers, headaches. Mary and Martha were calling the doctors. They didn't know what was happening. They didn't know what to do. They're panicking. And then they realize, oh, our best friend Jesus can help him. But Jesus doesn't come. Usually when you're in a crisis, you turn to your best friend to help you. And they usually do help. So when Jesus did not show up for not one, not two, but three days, they were just thinking, why would our best friend bail on us? They were angry and grieving. Their brother had just died, and to top it all, their best friend wasn't there to help. When Jesus approached the house, Mary and Martha are furious. They blame him. 
Jesus, if you had been there, he would not have died. Mary and Martha are feeling helpless. They couldn't help their brother, and he died. For them, all hope was gone. Recently, I had a similar experience. I was, as I was starting to get closer with God, my mom had told me that she was sick. There was a possibility that she was going into surgery. I was prayed about it. Going to school, it was hard for me to focus. Couldn't sleep. I was in denial at this point. Then I come home from school, and I see my mom reading through a brochure about the risks of her surgery. Then I realized that my mom was probably going to go into surgery, and she might not come out alive. For me, I was very crushed. This Sabbath, when you think of glass half full, I want you to think of hope. In Jeremiah 29, verse 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper and not to harm, plans to give you hope and a future. God has your best interest at heart. You have set a plan, but sometimes it does not go the way you want it to go. But Jesus plans on giving you hope and a future. Mary and Martha's griefs were so overwhelming that the only thing Jesus could do at the time was cry along with them. Mary and Martha did not know that Jesus was going to heal Lazarus. Jesus ends up telling Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha assumes it means Lazarus will rise up when Jesus has come for the second time. But Jesus tells her in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? She had answered, yes, I do, Lord. I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Jesus waited to heal Lazarus so they would believe. During the great disappointment, Jesus did not come, but he gave them hope that he'll return someday. It was not according to our family's plan that my mom went to go into surgery, but she did. But when my dad called to say surgery went well, I was very happy. Now she's healed and much better. Today we might be feeling like we are weak and weary, but put your trust in Jesus. Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. In order to trust someone, we have to know them, what they're like, do they break promises, what kind of character they have. What is a better way to know Jesus than through the Bible? During the great disappointment, they had turned to the Bible and realized that in Matthew 24, verse 36, Jesus had said that no one, not even he, knows the day or the hour of the second coming. So Jesus never broke his promise to them. Mary and Martha were able to believe Jesus when he said he could heal Lazarus because they knew him on a more personal level. That was his, their best friend. I trust Jesus because as I'm reading the Bible... God leaves a trail of evidence to show you that you can trust him. Keep trusting and hoping in God and he'll renew your strength.